0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Lynn
1: Bramer from 93XRT, and you are right now looking at the game face of one Frank Oral, lead singer of the ensemble known as Poi Dog Pondering. We welcome Frank Oral to the oh. video waves of WXRT. <laughs> See, it's all about game face from a gamer. It's all about attitude. It's all about adjusting yourself to be ready in two hours. You always look ready to me though.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I feel ready. Oh hey, don't, yeah, don't get it up there. No. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel good, I feel ready. I, I get excited, ready for show, so.
1: Uh, now I've already taken your guitar. It's a beauty. a boy. Is, is this a, uh, a game-worn uh, guitar? Yeah, is this, this is my favorite guitar by This is far. your favorite it's guitar? A, it's
2: an Aria. It's a Japanese-made, and I, I love it somehow. It's how, perfect for me, the whammy bar and everything. How long have you had it? I've had it for about eight years, and I'm, I'm searching for another one. I want to buy want a second. Yeah.
1: Do you remember your first guitar in Hawaii?
2: I do. I, I my first guitar was a Burns Baldwin, which was made out of London, and I and I bought it because I was a big fan of Edwin Collins from Orange Juice, and that's what he played in the, band, the Scottish band Orange Juice.
1: Unbelievable! <laughs> so
2: I got now my haircut cut like my haircut is like him, and my guitar was like him.
1: <laughs> now everybody's scurrying to Google to look up Orange Juice and <laughs> and look up the looks of that guitar. Well, uh, Frank, you and I have known each other for a long time. WXRT started playing the Poi Dog Pondering uh, music in the late 80s uh, when you were uh, starting out in Hawaii. And, you know, I was talking to our mutual friend, Marty Leonards, who Mm -hmm. also works at XRT today, and we were talking about Poi Dog Pondering. You started the band in uh, Hawaii. Uh, You moved to Austin, Texas, two of the loveliest places on the planet, really, to live. And uh, then settled for the longest period of time here in Chicago. And Marty and I looked at each other and said, you know, we don't even know why you moved to Chicago <laughs> after all these years. Things we
2: should know that we don't know about Frank Orle. You, know, you know, for when I left uh, Honolulu and, and when the band first left and we came over and we were playing and, and we went through Austin. We really liked Austin, a lot of good musicians there. We continued on and then ended up getting signed to this label called Texas Ho- Hotel Records, which are actually out of Los Angeles. But, you know, but um, we moved to Austin to track the first record. But I really wanted to live in a big city. Like, anytime anyone leaves Hawaii, it's like, you know, you're going to move to San Francisco, Los Angeles, or New York, you know. Because, you know, if you're going to go somewhere, it's going to be a big city. So I just wanted that experience. And then wound up in Austin just for recording reasons. But then we'd be touring. You know, we toured heavily, you know, especially when we were on Sony, Columbia. Uh And uh, we had that touring budget. We were just running back and forth across the country. So we're going through Chicago a lot. And then we just grew to love Chicago. And so, you know, at when at a certain point, Max and I are just looking at each other, like wanted to get out of Austin, and we're and Max was going, I want to go to Chicago. It's like I'm coming with you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Max, Troffer, we, yeah, Max Crawford, Yeah, horn player in yeah. Poy Dog Pondering. Yeah, we, uh, loved, we loaded you know, up the truck and loved, moved. One of the things
1: we we love about Poy Dog is, you know, um, uh, the musical depth and, and variety, and the fact that the full-on onslaught, which people will be treated to tonight at the beautiful Tivoli Theater for this XRT show, is that at a time when every slice of our life is being carved up again and again, whether it's a workplace where they're saying, oh, we're cutting back, we're cutting back, oh, we need fewer people, we need fewer people, here somehow you manage to put together one of the largest <laughs> ensembles that people see on stage. You have horn sections, you have backup singers. In, in fact, as you know, the lead singer, you step aside and let other members of the band sing lead for certain songs. You have guitarists, you have bassists. It, it's really a sprawling musical epiphany on stage every time you see Poydog Dog Pondering. How do you manage to keep so many people together on one stage
2: it's i mean it's incredible and and it's not lost on me a lot of times and just you know i'm I'm amazed but i hear like hear bands that break up just because they lost their deal or something like that and i go (laughs) what what were you in it for in the first place you know but um so for us i guess the bands you know it's been it's been a band for 33 plus years and now you know everyone's um got a lot of skin in the game with it you know that's one thing and then everybody does something else for a living including like si- solo projects or you know whether it be like you know i cook for a living you know i also play percussion for some people you know cornell's a fireman susan teaches violin you know everybody does something else max works with the cubs max uh, works <laughs> max
1: crawford who we we're talking about plays uh, horn for uh poi dog he will be up in a booth at wrigley field and you won't even see him but he'll be working the scoreboard scoreboard does it at spring trading too Doc julian in yeah, a bunch Doug, of very notable bands sunshine yeah. boys I, I think is his latest yeah. band with free to love smith uh so some of the members are involved in so, other musical yeah, projects and so every,
2: everybody comes to it's easy to bring everybody just comes in you know it's like for the love of this project and then everybody can, is free to do their other things and everyone can sl- fall into this when we have a show or we have an album that we're working on and uh, everybody now just you know loves to do it because now it's kind of like a like protecting a legacy, kind of a thing at this point for us.
1: You know, it's uh, it's it sounds like something from the Hallmark Channel, but it, it's so much more than a band. It's really like a family. Yeah. And when you guys get together, either for a little tour or to play, you play in Chicago a few times a year. It's it's more like a family reunion. Yeah, you know, like, for sure. Oh yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. I, uh, we've been up to is is there, uh, is there a process? Is there a ramping up to live performance? Because there there are people that are. Uh, in various places doing various things
2: yeah we usually i mean it starts like uh you know like say for instance for this one started like probably like six months ago talking about the show then you know, we start sending around songs you know we, we always send around <clears throat> a song list uh, like too long like 50 songs you know right. like you know i'll kind of go through and i'll trim like you know what i think we should do to kind of bring something fresh to the show you know like and and then um and then, and that could be include learning new songs or whatever. We mail out those songs to everybody, and then everybody kind of does their homework, and then we come together, you know, for rehearsal. And there's a lot of back and forth. We call it the cut and add list, you know. So like, I'll send out a list, and everyone's in their cuts and adds, you know. We call Ted Cho Ted Chop because he always he wants to chop all the songs. I don't want to do that one. Now, huh? now, <laughs> is there gamesmanship?
1: Is that you know, is Doc Jewel and the is going? Hey, you know there aren't a lot of guitar songs on this list. Let's uh, beef up the ones with the guitar solos.
2: <laughs> Actually, pretty everyone's pretty uh, pretty good about playing for the team. I I don't often get that one, but yeah. So you know, yeah. Sometimes people might kick in something, but uh, yeah, a lot of times it just kind of makes sense. Like sometimes we call it giving something or uh, you know putting a song to sleep. Like sometimes like if somebody's kind of tired of a song, then we just put it to sleep for a while. Then you know we'll bring it back. Then everyone can feel vibrant about it. But so
1: that yeah now, now you've done the idea of uh, I, I saw your show where you did an entire album yeah on stage uh, was was that kind of a fun thing to do or did you yeah. feel there was some kind of artistic obligation because everybody is doing that these days? Well, it was.
2: I think we've only done it once, and it for was pomegranate, pomegranate. And pomegranate was a big deal for us. You know, I mean, it's it's the first album we made in in Chicago when we moved up here. Um, it resonated with people, and it kind of resonates with with uh, with us with Chicago in general. So that was you know we were at that time when we did that that show. <clears throat> we did. We brought out the street band, the original band from Hawaii, the band that left Hawaii and just played on the street and slept in right. sleeping bag. They came out, we played on the street, we played on the stage like we did on the street. And then we did Pomegranate, and then we just did only songs from the new record that hadn't even been released yet. So it was like a really dramatic, you know, and, but we knew that if we did Pomegranate all the way through that people would be okay with hearing a bunch of new material you, later on, if you know what I mean. You had the
1: guaranteed yeah. yeah. uh, transfixion. Transviction of, of everybody saying I, I got to see Pomegranate and yep. Everything else they do is kind of a bonus That was all the also the period And I love this story Of uh, when you played Ravinia and you're probably Aware of this, Poydog Pondering was The first band in Ravinia's 130, 140 year history To sell Ravinia out because the thing At Ravinia was they said We will always offer general admission tickets And uh at WXRT, Norm Wine, the program director at the time, and uh, others of us, noticing this avalanche of support for the album Pomegranate, said to the people at Ravinia, "You know, you're going to have to stop selling tickets." And they said, "We've had the Beach Boys here. We've we've been in business for 100 and something years. We never sell. We never stop selling tickets. People can always come here and buy tickets." And we said, "I, I think this is a case where you're going to have to stop." Selling tickets, I said, "Oh no, no, we'll be fine." So I was there to MC and introduce the band, and I got grabbed by somebody from Ravinia, going, "You gotta call the station. You gotta <laughs> tell people to stop coming." And that was the first time in history that Ravinia ever said, "Okay, we're at capa- we're over capacity. We gotta stop. We have to stop selling tickets." And now they sell out all the time. They realized they'd come to a point in modern yeah. concert going where. There's a limit that, mm-hmm. that people will fill the place up and you can't do anymore. But I just always thought that was so cool for yeah. the Chicago band. Mm-hmm. When you consider the bands and artists that have played at, um, at Ravinia for Poi yeah. Dog Pondering to be the first band to say, yeah, we can't fit anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean that was kind of a perfect storm. I mean, there was there was there's all the wonderful support that you know XRT's always given us over the years, dropping payloading into that and there was a beautiful day and you know and that's Ravinia, so people go for that. Right. It perfect, but it was kinda of definitely a perfect storm that happened for that.
1: Okay. Well you, with the with the lighting in here, it's getting warm. And I, I don't want you sweating before you get on stage. I want you sweating when you're on stage. And a cold sweat. Ah, <laughs> uh, I want to ask you about one more thing, and, and you had posted this on your Facebook page, and it was a part of your life that I, I never knew anything about. Um, am I accurate that you made your own hang glider? Was Is that correct?
2: Yeah. I, I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, in like 1973, I was like 13, <clears throat> and I was somewhere in junior high school, I guess, something like that. And there was a surf movie called uh, Five Summer Stories that came out, and it had this beautiful hang gliding sequence in the in the movie. And um, so we were all mesmerized by that. And then it was hot then, you know. What I mean, it was hang gliding was, right. you know, I mean, it, you know, and it was so. A lot of people were jumping off with these aluminum, you know, kites and nylon sails and stuff like that. But I met this kid in the lunchroom in my junior high who was like, "Yeah, my brother just built one. You know, he's got the plans for it, where he could use bamboo and ten ply plastic and duct tape and." fiberglass and, and anyways he got the plans from his brother and we built it in the front yard and, and that thing flew man i <laughs> was
1: there anybody any influence in your life that said you know building your own hang glider and then jumping off a cliff may not be a good idea
2: well no i mean that's really interesting that you say that you say that because it was you know like one of the reasons why, why i posted that story is i sort of came to this realization that like my mom was fearless with me she was like you know i was like mom i want to build a hangar like, okay Get it together. <laughs> Figure it out, you know. I jumped my first one off the roof, and it crashed and broke into pieces. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You weren't with it, were you? I was in it. You were in it, and it but crashed I see, to pieces. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was really fascinated by Odo Lilienthal. He's like an old glider. Through through watching the glider stuff in the movie, then I was started researching hang gliders, and then this original pioneer, Odo Lilienthal, is one of the original ones. We used his image on the cover of Wishing Like a Mountain, you know, for his gliders, but... So he had all these homemade gliders he was making with like, you know, I don't know, what's, you know, oak, oak, you know, wood and all that, whatever he was making it with canvas and all these things. And he was jumping off. He eventually died. <laughs> but uh, um oh, but by I, the way, he <laughs> but, eventually died. <laughs> but the first one I made was with uh, you know, you go to the plumbing section in the hardware store to get that plastic, you know, tubing and so I made this thing you can join it with, you know, plumber's glue and, and I made this thing and um, and that thing just went right off the roof and broke into a whole bunch of pieces. I didn't break anything, but it, you know, it got a little beat up. Um, and then. But then this one was actually a proper one. This one was proper. The dimensions, you know, it was like no messing around. This is dimensions. and
1: So when you get the right dimensions and everything, how do you decide what to jump off Well,
2: of? there was a couple of places, and you start hearing rumors. We would go up to, on uh, on the on the windward side of Oahu, there's a place called Makapu'u where the people jump off the, the cliffs there all the time. And they just stay up all day long, and they just go back and forth. And then you talk to those guys and go, no, you can go up to the sand dunes in Kahuku, and you can jump off there, or you can go... There was another place, I forget what it was called now, that name escapes me. But um, anyways, but yeah, my mom would put that thing in the surf racks and we'd drive out there and I would run down the hill, go up in the air for a little while, <laughs> run down the hill, go up in the air for a little while. <laughs> it's like, like this, you have to run, 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 then fly lifts up, boom. But you know, I, I was thinking about it, I was thinking, I was really glad that my mom was like, you know, she wasn't like, watch out, you're going to break something. You know, right. she's like,
1: <laughs> she's so she just like, Let's, go let's ahead. put it on the car, yeah.
2: let's, let's do some hand gliding. Yeah.
1: And your mom, what was her attitude about something even more dangerous than hang gliding, being a professional musician? <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> my dad was more concerned about that. He's he like, was. Oh, no.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay,
1: we're going to let you go, but uh, I hold this for yeah, for brother. A yeah, brother. I want to show everybody, this is my favorite chord. I think it's a G7, uh, G major 7th, you ah. know, with the two. That's f- yeah, a good chord. Okay, I want you to show everybody your absolutely favorite chord. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a weird chord. I've,
2: I've written so many songs. Yeah. That Max always jokes. If it's in G, Frank wrote it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Oral of Poy Dog Pondering here backstage, just a little while before they take the stage at the beautiful Tivoli Theater. I'm Lynn Bramer from 93XRT. Frank, as always, a pleasure.
0: Thank you, Brother Lynn.